Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Majorly Minor Podcast. I'm your host, Maros John Ahi, and this is episode two of the podcast. This is the second episode of a three-part series about Kanye West. Uh, for part two, I'm joined again by Armin Kara Oglanian, and we'll be talking about the albums 808s and Heartbreak, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and Yeezus, which I refer to as, quote-unquote, peak Kanye. So without further ado, here is episode two. Armin, how's it going? Hey, doing good. How are you? I'm good. So we talked about the first um, three albums from Kanye in episode one, uh, which was the college dropout, late registration and graduation. Um, I kind of I had that title as the old Kanye. So for this one, I kind of, I labeled it just to, for me to kind of know it's peak Kanye. And so the albums that we're talking about are 808s and heartbreak, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and Yeezus. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So the reason, so first of all, just, just to kind of preface it, the reason I'm saying peak Kanye is because me personally, I think that this era from 2008 to 2013, I think you can make the case that this was like him at the peak of his powers. This is like Jordan in 1992 to 1997. This is like peak of his powers, Kanye West. Yeah. Um, and then also, let me preface it before we get into it, that I'm not including Cruel Summer and Watch the Throne. Um, and this, right. those two would technically be within this era. The reason being is that I don't really classify them as like Kanye albums, but I don't know if maybe we want to just like kind of briefly talk about those two or, or maybe not really. We definitely can. I definitely don't. Uh, when, when I think about Kanye's, uh, Kanye's albums, I don't include them in it, in, in them. Um, and I and I wouldn't even include Kitsy Ghosts, but um, definitely important. They're definitely uh, you know important to mention. We can kind of like gloss over them if you want, but uh, yeah, definitely not not his like core albums. Yeah, no, I think that the the reason that I mean, Cruel Summer is kind of a collective album, so I've never really thought of it as like a Kanye album. But the reason Watch the Throne is just because I'm just going based on like the production, so. Kanye, I don't think Kanye really produced every single song on that album. I think there's a few songs that were produced by other people. So I feel like even though he's a huge part of that album, it's not like he had his stamp of approval on every single aspect of it. So I don't know. It, even now when I listen to Watch the Throne, which is kind of hard to listen to now because I don't think it's on streaming services. Um yeah. It's it's not. I just think of it as like a Jay Z Kanye album. I don't really consider it with all the other solo projects he's done. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we obviously it's part of this era, so we can probably you know talk about it. Um, so I guess my question is to start it off, kind of like how we started the last one. What are your thoughts about this era of of Kanye in terms of you know, like I said, two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen you know, this whole stretch that he had. Well, it's him. It's like you said, it's him being the master. Um, it's his most, um, 
it's it's the most interesting because with each album he's he's not just evolving as an artist he's changing as a human being um i think this is obviously um some of the best work that he's done between these three albums it's some of the most experimental um and it's like like you i think this is my favorite era of his yeah i i think that this is such a you know this is literally the stuff that he produced during this time is just incredible and and the stuff that i mean we'll get into it but even the stuff that he didn't do the stuff that the what ifs i think are really interesting as well um so so yeah so let's get into it so first one 808s and heartbreak it came out november 24th 2008 the singles off the album were love lockdown heartless amazing and paranoid um 12 songs long uh it sold 450,000 units in the first week and went platinum in January 2009 and the metacritic rating is 75 out of 100. So what's your first memory that you have with 808s? So this is an interesting one for me. Um kind of going off what I said with graduation, I was really concerned with other areas in my life. 808s came out and I was a little disappointed, even not having heard the album yet. I was disappointed because um, Kanye had always said that he was going to have um, a series of albums, um, album titles that he had planned. So after graduation, he was going to have an album called A Good Ass Job. And I always thought it was so interesting that he had those. Yeah, great point. Yeah, keep going. (laughs) And I I just thought, um, and I just thought, that's such a great plan. Like right off the bat, you know, you have a plan for what you want to do. And I don't even, I knew his mom had passed away. So maybe I wasn't really like thinking of this back then, but when I found out that a good ass job was basically like scrapped and he had gone in a different direction, I was really disappointed. And then I heard the album, but I definitely heard it just sort of like, you know, I I was, it was like sort of like, in the background somewhere. Right. And again, I like, I, I, I distinctly remember like driving and hearing this, this album. And I, my first impression was like, wow, you know, this is such a misstep, you know, it was so, um, I didn't, I don't even know if I would have called it dark back then. It was just so somber. It was just so like, you know, um, it was just really all over the place. Right. It was just like making all these like different sounds and he's got the auto tune and, I was not a huge fan. I remember liking a few songs off the album and, and that was really it. I didn't really care much about it. I didn't really sort of like sit and listen to it a bunch of times. I kind of just heard, um, heard it once or twice. And then I was sort of like, well, you know what? I guess I've kind of, I've lost, um, my interest in Kanye West. And I want to like continue this after you say your piece, because that's definitely not how I feel now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, this is this 808s and heartbreak is my favorite Kanye album. And it was interesting to hear what you had to say about late registration. Cause I feel like at this time, this was, so this was 2008. So I had just started architecture school in Los Angeles I was living by myself. I had some stuff going on, you know, in terms of my relationships with, you know, girls and stuff. So at that time, it was just like a very kind of, you know, lonely time, you could say. But it was also kind of this like weird, you know, transitional thing for me. So 
having this album come out where I was in my life, I feel like it made me appreciate the album more. You know, it was kind of like more dark and what's like I felt that way at the time. So I feel like maybe that's part of it that uh, the reason that I love it so much is because, you know, I remember it helping me through a lot of stuff at that time. But I just I remember he performed Love Lockdown. uh, I think it was at the VMAs and no one had really heard that song. So I remember watching the award show and being like, what is this? Because, you know, that song, he's not, he's not rapping. He's not doing any, he's just literally singing the whole song. Um, and I don't know, I just connected with it. It was one of those things where I was like, you know, if, if this is what he wants to do, like I'm down because again, I thought it was so different and I thought it was a nice like change of pace. And I think I really appreciated the artistic aspect of it. The fact that, you know, he kind of scrapped the whole like bear theme. He kind of scrapped the whole, you know, good ass job. Uh, what if kind of thing? He, he made something completely different and decided to still just like go full force on it. So I don't know. I think the whole vibe I think is something that like I really appreciate and I still have that memory of like, wow, this is really, really cool. I mean, Everything you're saying, um, everything you're saying is like absolutely true. And I feel that way now. So I think, you know, because I wasn't paying attention um, when the album came out, all of the things that I love about and appreciate about it now, I wasn't really um, in that moment. I wasn't really thinking of it. I love now that he sort of scrapped the direction that he was headed in. Um, I think, I mean, I'll, you'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear me flip flop um, uh, throughout these sort of like episodes, but I think 808s might be his, um, his best album. I don't know. I'll say that for like a few albums yeah. here and there, <laughs> but, but I've never like, this is like coming from like the pain of the loss of his mom yeah. and, and everything about it, you know, it, it, it's it's such an emotional album, yeah. and the the collaboration with the different artists here, um, with Cause and um, and like say you will, just sort of like the like three four minute long, just sort of like um, segment in that song, the outro where there's there's just no, no words, right? Yeah, um, these are the things that I love about the album. Now I didn't appreciate it back then. But um, now when I sort of like came back to it and I'll talk about like how I came back to Kanye, but I definitely appreciate this so much more. And I think it's it's so interesting for him to like now open a new chapter in his life and career. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like I can't imagine like now it's like I can't imagine what his career would have been like if his mom didn't pass away and he did good ass job and he just continued that whole trajectory. Cause I feel like this was, this album kind of made his whole career pivot. And this was like the album where he was like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. I'm just going to make this weird album. And it's, it's a really, really interesting moment. I think like this is the moment that could have made or broken him really i mean people could have really hated it i think i think it probably turned off a lot of people i think uh and even even like even though like i came back to him um i'm 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 
pretty sure that there's been people who uh, loved like the first three and then kind of like lost touch with Kanye and never like came back to his music. But this is where Kanye like really matures, not just like as a person because of what he went through, but just as an artist overall and the production value in this and the next few albums, this is such a defining moment in his career. And you've said this before, like if you like Kanye and you don't like 808s, then you don't really like Kanye. And I think that's true, but also you don't understand Kanye. Um, 808s is like, this is how you kind of like, this is insight into like who he is today, actually. Yeah. And I, I think when I, I remember, I remember we were having that discussion and I think that it's, it's more so that if someone absolutely hates 808s and heartbreak but then they say like oh yeah i'm a big kanye west fan it's almost like you you might hate it but you at least have to appreciate it in the sense of like the stuff he's doing now are clearly things that he was doing during 808s like he was really experimenting with melodies and with different you know production styles and that all transitions into what he's doing now so you have to like you have to appreciate what he did at that time. Um, all right, so let's get into the categories. So, what's the best song? I mean, this is tough, this but is, yeah, but I think it's "Say You Will" for me. Yeah my my favorite my favorite favorite song of Kanye ever is "Bad News." Yeah, so that would probably be my vote. But I think you have to say as a runner up you have to say say you will because that's just a really incredible opening song. I mean Kanye has this gift of picking really amazing opening songs for every album. Yeah. Yep. But say you will really I remember listening to it and being like you know you're in this world the second that that song starts. I I agree. I agree so much. Like I love um I love Welcome to Heartbreak. I love um, listening to that song. I love the collaboration with Kid Cudi and I love so many other songs on this album, but um, Say You Will, it, I, I'm, I'm such a big fan of like experimental, like Kanye. And like, that's probably why I like Drunken Hot Girls. Um, like Say You Will, it's like three, four minutes of like nothing. It's just like the beat, just kind of like writing it out. Yeah. And it's just so great that he would open an album. Like, it's so amazing that he'd make a song like that. But to open an album like that, it's almost like he's making a statement like, if you don't like this, don't don't listen any further. You know, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna skip and get skip the song and give up on it, and you're not gonna let it ride, then don't listen to the rest. And I just love that about him. That's yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I think that say you will is almost like the test. The same way that you know on site for Yeezus is kind of like that test. It's like that test of like if you don't like this, you're not gonna like this album. And that kind of repetitive kind of weird beat of say you will mixed with like the chorus mixed with him singing it's just so like at that time people that were probably hardcore kanye fans they probably were like what is this because that's how i was i was like this is so weird but i liked it um but i it probably did turn a lot of people off um so what do you think has aged the best i think um i think uh, I, I think just this this um, this new approach to sound 
and um, and everything that he, uh, this this entire album is he's just experimenting. He experimented with like the album cover. He experimented with the production, the lyrics, everything. Just like singing, just pouring his heart out, um, making a song that just was speaking about you know to his pain. I think that's what's aged the best about 808s. It's this new Kanye. Um, like you said, he doesn't care. He's just going to talk about everything that was on his mind, talking about it in a new, fresh way. Um, I think that's what's aged the best. I think song-wise, I think the things that he's doing with Kid Cudi, I think the things that he's doing with the music and the sound, those are some of the things that's aged the best because it figures so heavily and prominently into what he's doing today. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great answer. Yeah, I think I would... I would probably say that I think the cult following of the album, because I think that, you know, it's it's the one album in his collection that has the biggest like cult following. It's it's kind of like that indie film that not a lot of people know about, but a lot of people love it. So yeah. it's it's I don't know. I would say that, you know, most people I don't think have 808s high up on their list, but the people that do they can tell you every song, every melody, every lyric, like they really love it. So I think that that's something that I appreciate um, in terms of that album and what's aged the best. Yeah. Um, so what do you think aged the worst? There's a few, there's a few songs on here that, um, you know, I feel like I don't really love. And then I listen to them and I think like, well, these are actually like really great. Um, (laughs) but, but, you know, songs like Paranoid, Robocop and Streetlights, um, those, those songs to me, um, they definitely fit like the theme, um, just sound wise, but I just, I love like the first three songs so much. And I love what he's saying in those songs, um, that I feel like those are probably the songs that I'm, I'm not as, um, high on. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's really hard for me to say what's age the worst because I love this album, but I do think looking at the track list, I do think that like, I remember Robocop, although I love that song, you know, it's like the first five, six songs are very just like dark. And then all of a sudden Robocop is like this kind of random yeah, almost like happy type of song. Not happy, but it's like more upbeat, I guess you could say. And I think that kind of threw me off. I remember when I first heard it, but and then it goes back to kind of being like sad again. So I think that definitely like that's the one that probably sticks out. But so my my answer for what's age of the worst is the album this, that this album didn't tour. I think that the visuals were incredible. So the music video for love lockdown welcome to heartbreak heartless like those were really really incredible music videos and obviously because of the incident with taylor swift they had Mm -hmm. to cancel the fame kills tour with lady gaga which i mean who knows what that tour was going to be but essentially he was going to perform these songs on tour Mm -hmm. so i think that looking back that I don't think that aged well because you know people never got to see him perform these live. Obviously, he performed them at the Hollywood Bowl um, a few years ago, but you know, we, no one really has those memories with the with these songs. I I think that's a great point, and um, I'm so um, like I'm so happy we got to see him perform yeah. this 
um, because it was it like it happened at such a random time. Like it wasn't like the anniversary of the album. And there was like, in my opinion, there was like no real reason to perform this unless I'm missing something of why he actually like put these shows on. But um, I, I love that it wasn't even a concert, right? It was like he came out and he performed them all in a row. I've never seen anything like that before. I definitely it, it was like the most um, unique experience I've ever had watching someone perform. And it was just from say you will to, you know, the, it was from front to back. And then he just got off the stage and it was sort of like, what did I just experience? And I feel like just 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 because of that and just because of like the way this album is like structured and like all the you know heartache that's attributed to it you can't do that with any other album and i think i think there's something to be said just about just about like this album overall and what it really means for him you know i wish i wish i could like if there's one album i could like pick his brain on i'd probably this be this one yeah no that's a good point i mean that that show that he did, which looking back, I'm really glad that I got to go to that show. But that show was almost like a Cirque du Soleil show. Like it wasn't it wasn't like a concert. It was just like a it was like a Broadway show. Like it just felt kind of on a different level. And, yeah. you know, that's probably the closest we'll ever get to knowing like how he would have performed those songs like on a world tour. But you know, even now he doesn't really perform those songs. Anything, right? Yeah, I mean, he. I think he performed "Coldest Winter" at the Yeezus show, but like he very. I don't think he performs these songs like the, yeah. in that way. So it's one of those things where we're never going to really know, and like no one really kind of delves into it because maybe because probably he doesn't want to talk about it. But like this is this is a really, really interesting album. Like this is really that album that like changed everything. And, you know, even what happened after like him canceling this big, huge tour and him being like, kind of like scrapping it and just being like, I'm going to focus on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Like he basically kind of just had this album and then literally like less than a year later, scrapped the tour and went right back into the studio to record the next album so it's like it's done it's it's like he never thought about it again yeah you brought up a a good point earlier when you said it's like an indie film it's like you know if you think about it in terms of movies this is the one where he kind of like went off made a movie like maybe on his own dime like super small budget black and white (laughs) nobody saw it but it was like this like super interesting personal film that exactly. like, didn't get the the love that it deserved. That's that's a good way to put it. I well, think. yeah, I mean, you probably it's I can't think of like an example, but like it's definitely like that weird film that he kind of just did as like a hey, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. Um, sure. So, yeah. So um, overall, though, do you think it's overrated, underrated or properly rated? It's underrated for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it's very hard to calculate the significance of that album because so many artists reference this album with like what inspired them to start making music. I think Drake famously has said that like this was like an inspiration for him. So this, I think this album has a big, big impact that like no one really kind of can measure yeah yeah definitely yeah um all right so getting to the next one 
what most people think is Kanye's best album ever, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, it came out November 22nd, 2010. The singles off the album were Power, Runaway, Monster, and All of the Lights. It was 13 songs long. It sold 496,000 units in the first week, and it went two times platinum in April 2018. The Metacritic rating is a 94 out of 100. That's pretty incredible. Um, So what's the first memory that you have with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? I feel like I have a, such a complex story for all of these. No, but, no. But uh, this one is really embarrassing. Uh, I don't even. Th- I don't even think I listened to it when it came out. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't. I definitely. I was not present for it, um, which is interesting because um, a lot of people like became fans. I feel like people that I know became fans of Kanye through this album. So I think what happened was the album came out. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't remember even like hearing much about it. I I know it it was released. I didn't really like listen to it and it was just there. I might've heard a few songs and I was just like, you know what? Like 808s kind of Kanye lost me. I don't know what he's doing here. All these songs sound so different from late registration Kanye. Like where's the orchestral score, right? Like where, where are the strings? And I, I, I don't even remember sort of like having a moment where I was intimately like listening to this album and I'll let you say your piece and then I'll, I'll, I'll add to that down the road. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I I didn't know that, but, um, my first memory is just, I remember just dying to wanting to listen to it, you know, right when it came out, I like rushed over to, I think it was Best Buy. I bought it literally like right when they opened and I ran to my car to go listen to it. And I remember listening to Dark Fantasy, which is the first song off the album. And it was kind of like this like out-of-body experience because that song, you know, the way the production is and the chorus and everything and the way the beat drops, it was like, whoa, this is like, this is incredible. Like the sounds on that, the, the production on this album, I think is probably the best of any Kanye West album ever. I mean, there, there are sounds on every song that are just like, it's like a painting. That's how, honestly, that's how probably I would describe it. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're listening to an album. It feels like you're listening to a painting. I mean, you're right. Um, like another great opening, you know, like dark fantasy is incredible is one crazy way to open an album sets the tone for everything that's to follow. And, um, I agree with you. I mean, like the production value here is insane. Um, the, this, you know, like 808s, there's a few songs here that I'm not as, you know, as big of a fan of. Um, but I definitely now see, you know, I, you know, like, like I can, uh, like I later sort of like discovered 808. like now I can see you know, like why fantasy is so great. And the reason, the reason what made me like come back to it and I'll talk more about it on Jesus, but, um, I, this is like around the time I met you actually. Yeah. And, um, and 
what happened when was when was what year was this released again 2010 2010 yeah right so so what happened was like this is right around the time i met you and i remember like you were obsessed with this album all you were doing like while working was like listening to this album and i remember thinking like how can two people be such big fans of kanye but one is like obsessed with late registration and like swears by it and the other is like obsessed with dark twisted fantasy and that's when I was like, maybe I need to pay attention to this album. You know, maybe I need to give it sort of like a listen and get close to it and give this a chance. And so that's how I found myself back like into Kanye overall, but also this album. Wow. I feel yeah. I feel a little bit honored. <laughs> what would have happened, right? Like I would have like yeah. written, written Kanye off completely no, I, had I not met you. I remember just loving this album and I remember I remember like being you know, in school and college and, you know, giving this album, you know, my copy to people and being like, oh, you got to listen to this or like, oh, come check out this song. Like, I remember just being like, like a promoter. Like, I just remember giving this album out and just being like, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Because there were so many things that I found in different songs and different production stuff that I would just be blown away by. And, you know, there's so many great songs on the album and you know it's no secret that like he had so many writers he had so many producers he had so many voice tracks on every song he really just wanted everyone to help out with this i mean i think out of all the albums i think this this like behind the scenes would be the most interesting in terms of how he came up with this and what it was like to kind of put this whole project together yeah i agree um all right so getting into the categories what's the best song you know for for a long time i thought it was runaway and it just might be but i i really think like lost in the world is incredible um it's it's incredible it's so it's i honestly this might even be the song that like really really like snapped me back into it um it's it's unlike um I don't know. I feel like I'm saying this like with a lot of his songs, but like lost in the world kind of like exists onto itself. It's like, it lives in like this like fantasy under the skin, like black hole world. And it's coming from like, like if 808 is like him trying to work himself through like the pain, dark twisted fantasy and like lost in the world is like him fighting through like the anger. And it's, it's such a unique song, but like runaway also like runaway, like literally is like a film, you know, it's yeah it's just it's just like this nine minute uh song with that opening i mean it's it's incredible no i i i my literally my two was lost in the world and runaway but i think my vote would probably be for runaway just because i think that if you if you taught a class about kanye i think the one song that you could be like all right, just give me one song and, you know, this describes who he is as an artist, as a, like his whole career. I think you would have to probably say it's Runaway because yeah, yeah. the the whole song, the way that, you know, it, it transitions from, you know, hip hop and then it has the piano and then Pusha T and at the end, the auto tune, like this is really just him being like, I'm going to show you everything that I'm capable of doing. And I, I you know, agree, 100%. seven minutes or whatever, however long the song is. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just think it's it's an incredible, incredible song. I mean, even now when he performs it, the second he presses that first yeah. piano note, people just go crazy. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, what do you think has aged the best? The production value, you know, I think uh, like yeah. the the like attention to you know like the. Like like late registration is like beautifully composed and 808s is like great, but here he's like engineering in like a new different way. And I think it set the bar um, for everyone that's followed. Um, and everyone's like every single person I know just refers to this like production value wise that this is the best. I think that's what's aged the best about fantasy. It, it's it's set the bar so high um, for what, you know artists are uh, capable of creating and i think i think that's like that's the clear clear one for me yeah i agree i think i think it's the production as well because i think that this the things that he did on this album which was very different from others um you know he you know with with graduation and with other you know like gold digger on late registration like he would use samples that he would take a little piece of the sample that everyone kind of knew and he would, you know, juxtapose it with the song and, you know, everyone kind of, you know, that was kind of his style. With this one, the samples that he's picking on a lot of these songs, no one's even heard the original song before. Like he's taking, I think this was when he started to take little bits and pieces from songs and really try to be like, okay, what can I do with this little part of it? And I don't remember him doing that with the other three albums, the way he did it with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and 808s. I think he started doing that, but dark fantasy, I think production, I think you have to just go with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. All right. So what do you think age the worst? There's a couple of songs on here that, um, devil in a new dress or no devil. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That one's like know. a kind of a skip from time to time. It's got it's got one of the least uh, least plays on my iTunes. Um, yeah, there's a few songs, and you know, th- and that's like I don't know. It's it's it, you compare that with you know just like overall, and you don't compare it with all these other songs, and it's it's fine. But you know, there's there's definitely that's one that sticks out where it's sort of like oh wow, you know, like that's like especially it comes like right before Runaway, so it's it's a little tricky. Yeah. I definitely think that there's a couple of songs that haven't aged that well. Um, you know, even it's weird, Monster, even though it's a great song, but like Jay-Z's verse just has not aged well. Even yeah. Rick, Rick Ross's verse as well. I mean, yeah. everyone everyone talks about the Nicki Minaj verse, but like the Jay-Z verse and the Rick Ross verse, like they did not age well. Like it's yeah. it's just, it's weird now when you listen to it, but I think again, uh, same as 808s, the album didn't tour. So I think that again, this was such an amazing album. He made a film, you know, he had all this stuff, but like he never had the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy world tour. So it was kind of like it, it did well. People loved it, but it's like we never got to see him go out and perform these live in front of, you know, millions of people. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point. Like this is when Kanye started experimenting with like filmmaking and kind of architecture, right? Like he started doing some really sort of like things that 
artists were, you know, like rappers were not supposed to do. And I, you know, I was in film school, so I was being a bit of a snob and I was just sort of like, you know, who's Kanye to like make a movie. Yeah. And now, you know, now, now that I think about it, that's probably like one of my first like memories of this album of like, he made a movie to run away and, um, he did the seven screen experience and I was, and it was at the con film festival. So I was just sort of like, you know, who is he to, to do all of these things? And it's interesting because like all of these things now, it, I feel the exact opposite of it. And I think like I, I, I wish more artists um, were like creative enough and ambitious enough, ambitious of uh, ambitious enough to try and take risks and um, find themselves in new ways. You know, a lot of people I feel like are stuck in their own little like box of like, I got to make an album. It's got to look like this and sound like this. Kanye started showing me like, no, it doesn't, you know? And, um, and he kind of showed me like, you don't need to be an, a rapper in quotes or a filmmaker in quotes, you know? And that's, that's how I feel about it now. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, it's unfortunate that he never did like a, a tour or something like on that level, but this, the iconic moments that he did, like, you know, just the performance of him, uh, you know, at the VMAs, I think it was. And then the ballerinas like behind him, I think SNL, he did that as well. Just like the stuff that he did, the really, like really out there artistic kind of stuff that he put out there. He just created these moments, these really incredible moments that like at the time, you know, I'm like you at the time I was like, what, he's making a film? Like, what is this? But you know, now you look back and you're like, wow, he made a movie. Like he made a yeah. movie to introduce his album, which is like so unheard of now. And in a good one at that, now that when, now when I like yeah. go back to it, you, you know, it's, it's, it's actually really well made and very interesting. So yeah, definitely. Like so it. overrated, underrated or properly rated? Um, properly rated, I would say, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it definitely gets a lot of, lot of attention and praise and, um, and people regard it as like a masterpiece. So I think you got to say it's properly, probably properly rated. I agree. I definitely, I, I think most people think it's the, his best album. So I think you, you have, you have to say it's probably up there and in terms of, um, being properly rated. Yeah. Um, all right. So last but not least, Yeezus, yeah. uh, came out June 18th, 2013, the singles off the album were Black Skinhead and Bound 2. I think New Slaves was one as well, but yeah. um, it was 10 songs long, uh, and it sold 327,000 units in the first week and went platinum in January 2014. Uh, and the Metacritic rating is 84 out of 100, which I, I was for sure, I thought it was going to be lower than that, but I guess people have appreciated it over time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's your first memory? Uh, first memory is um, I had, a re, you know, I had become a fan of Kanye again. I mean, I was never like not a fan of Kanye, but I was definitely like, OK, I am excited for this release and I can't wait for it to come out. And I need to listen to it as soon as it's, avail it's available. And this connects to like everything. It's sort of like. Uh, my relationship with you and talking about Kanye and sort of everything was like building up to this moment of like, he's got a new album coming out. And I remember sitting in my room, listening to it from start to finish. 
And what's interesting is while I was like a Kanye fan, you know, all over again, I definitely liked it. But I felt like all the songs sound the same, you know, and this is a problem that I kind of like had with Kanye um, with Yeezus and afterwards. Um, I just felt like everything sounded the same. I couldn't tell any of the songs apart. And I remember uh, someone I was working with, I asked him, like, what did you think of the new Kanye album? Because I actually I, I liked it. My first impression was I really like it. And he said, oh, all the albums sound the same, you know. And and I felt and I felt like, yeah, you know, I kind of agree. But then what happened and what keeps happening with Kanye is the songs then like evolve. It's almost like they they change on you and they just like become like these like distinct I, and I can't like believe that I ever thought all these songs sounded the same to me. And like, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but then that sort of like feeling evolved. And that was sort of like my first like impression of Yeezus. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel the same. I mean, I think my, my first memory, I think is it's a lot, it's heavily involved with, with you actually, because I think you and I were both really psyched for the album to come out we were both really feeling the whole like direction of the album, the the artistic aspect of it, you know. But yeah, I remember listening to it, and I think I was like texting you at the time. But we both were like, we didn't know what to think of it, and I think it was one of those albums that like you had to listen to again and again and again to really like appreciate it because at the the first listen, it was just like way too weird, and I think what what flipped for me was going to the tour. I think once I yeah. saw the tour, um, and I remember I texted you after and I was like, this was amazing. You got to go to see the tour because it, it changed my whole perspective on the whole album. So, but I don't know. I don't know if, if I never saw him tour it, you know, I don't know how I would feel about it now, but I think that whole experience, I think made me appreciate it more. I don't know if I've ever like said this um, outright, but I wasn't even I wasn't even going to go to the tour. Um, and I know you went um, you went to one of them. And like you said, you had a great time and you thought it was amazing. Um, and we had a chance to to go to the uh, to one of the shows here. And I was not going to go. But then when like the opportunity came that we would all go together and I would go with you, I was I was excited. I was definitely excited. I was definitely you know pumped to see Kanye and, you know, see the experience because I had heard from you like it was an experience. It was like a play. Um, but I think what I haven't like emphasized ever is I had like my life changed while I was at the Yeezus tour. Like I was. I was sitting there and I, I, I was not just not only just like blown away and just like completely floored, but something in me made me sort of like walk out. It was it was like I had seen some of like my favorite movies. It's like when you see like 2001 A Space Odyssey for the first time, you know, or any of these movies, you walk out and you're just like, what did I see? This is such an this is such an important work. Um I think it was also like the first time I had ever seen a show like that, you know, like it, it's got such a narrative to it. And it's got such a story to it. Um, you know, seeing Runaway get performed live. And um, it was it was it was such a great experience for me. And that like walking out of that, I was 100 percent all in on Kanye and have never sort of like questioned anything since. 
And it was just one of, it was number one sort of like moment for me in terms of like music. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree that Yeezus was the first, not only like the first Kanye show that I had been to, it was like kind of the first big concert, like big production concert that I had ever really gone to before. And like you, I remember the first show that I went to, which was here in San Jose, and I was just blown away. And I just was like, this is incredible. And I knew I had to see it again. And, you know, the second time was even better because I think he really like found his niche um, as the tour went on. But it was just incredible. The whole thing with the, you know, different aspects, the different kind of sections of the show and, and the whole production level of it, it was just incredible. And, this was the album that I think changed, I think for you and for me in terms of it's like it, it became like, yeah, I like Kanye, but now it's like, wow, now like I respect him on a whole different level. Yeah. And I, I like this is this is like my favorite Kanye, you know, like, yeah, I don't I, it might even be my favorite album. I don't know, like 808 lit registration and like Yeez is definitely top three. But um, this is my favorite Kanye. I love like the album direction, like the album cover art. Um, I love what he's doing with all of his like collaborators, Virgil and Joe. I love like like the birth of the merch. You know, obviously he had merch before this, but like it really was born, you know, with Yeezus. Yeah. Um, everything he's doing, his attitude, his like his like complete like anger coming through, like Kanye is like breaking down. Like Kanye's like a, you know, when you, when you think of like everything he went through with like 808s, the pain and dark fantasy, like on site more, you know, more so than any other songs on this album, like the machine is breaking down, right? Like Kanye yeah. is like falling apart. And I, I love this Kanye. We've talked about like, what's your favorite Kanye? Jesus is my favorite Kanye. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's, for me, it's hard to argue that, it's hard to argue that this period is not the best uh, in terms of him, in terms of him being a creative, you know, in terms of what he was doing at the time. You know, this is like this is like when he just did not care and he was just doing like art for art's sake. He wasn't doing it for any other reason than to just be an artist. Yeah. And I think that that's just something you can really like appreciate now like 5 years later. Yeah, like um, no no real like music videos, no real singles, no real like album cover. He's just creating a sound. And yeah, that's it. I mean th- that's a good point. I mean, th- think about how he think about how he introduced this album. He had a this like thing going all across the country, um, displaying the video for New Slaves on these random you know walls all over the city, and having these like random music video viewings with just like a car with a projector on top of it. It was just like, it was so weird. It was so different of what he was doing. And like the album, calling it an open casket for, you know, CDs, you yeah. know, it's just like the stuff he was doing was so like high art and it was so conceptual at that time that like, you know, people don't really even appreciate it. I don't think now. I agree for sure. Yeah. So, um, what is the best song do you think? You know, what's weird is like for an album that I think is probably like his best or my favorite or whatever you want to call it. There's no song that sticks out to me. Like even when I make like a top 10 list of like my favorite Kanye songs, there's no like I never really take a song from this album. I don't really think of it as 
um, as like individual songs that like stand out to me. It's more like this whole, like this complete and not in the same way where I meant with like late registration. It's like Jesus to me feels like this like whole one piece thing. So I don't, I don't know what my favorite song would be. Like I, I love on site. I love what it's doing. I, I it's bare, again, it's like barely a song. Um, I love, I'm in it. I love how vulgar it is. I love blood on the leaves. Um, I don't, I don't know. Blood on the leaves. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, that might be it. Yeah, no, I, I, it's tough. This one's a tough one because like you said, it feels kind of like the whole album is like one big song. Um, so it's really hard to pick like, you know, one, but I think hold my liquor is one of my favorites. Um, you know, new slaves is just like, it's incredible. The whole yeah. thing is really good. I mean, you. I think this is the one album you can make the case for any of the songs, really. I think, like, definitely seven out of the ten are, like, really, really good. I think nine out of the ten. There's one that I... I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's one? Send It Up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, for a long time, I, I think, like, immediate... Well, I think... After I heard it, after everything kind of sunk in, I thought Guilt Trip, Send It Up, and Bound 2 were like the weakest songs off the album. And now looking back on it, like I love Guilt Trip and I love Bound 2. Yeah. Send It Up is still like a really, really great song, but we're talking like everything else on the album might be like a 10 out of 10 for me. So Send It Up is like a 9 out of 10. It's like fun, but it's like, you know, we've got some incredible, you know, pieces of music here so but i don't know it's like if, if you're talking like pound for pound um songs on an album this might be like his like best you know all, all all over yeah i think i definitely i agree with you i think if you were to take every song and and rate it i think this would probably have the best collection of like the best songs yeah. because i i think that all of them are like like you said, nine out of tens or 10 out of tens. Like there's a lot of great songs on this album. Um, all right. So leading into the next one, what do you think has aged the best? Um, I mean, I'd probably just like reiterate what I said earlier and what you said earlier about the direction of it. Um, like no one's doing this. No one's like treating like their respective art the way like Kanye does it. Um, I love like the creative direction like this is like all of them, everyone working like with Kanye here, just like operating at like their best. Um, I think that's probably what's aged the best. I think like the sounds, like the the um, like the melodies, if you will, if you even can call it that. I think that's what's aged the best. But hands down, the number one thing for me is the tour. There will never be another um, like tour or experience that lives up to that yep. because what he did there is just unlike anything else. And I can't believe I almost didn't go. And, you know, I can't believe I only went once. I should have gone to like every single show that like I could have been able to go to. I know. I feel I the same that, way. <laughs> yeah. I think that definitely is the best thing about this album. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. Cause that's my answer as well. The tour, I think, I think the tour saved the album. I think that people, you know, the show that I went to in San Jose, it was actually the second show of his tour because he had to cancel, I think, the second show. So San Jose became the second show. And yeah. I, I remember 
there was a lot of empty seats. There, it wasn't a full packed arena. And I think that people were still on the fence of like, what is this? And there was a lot of jokes about him bringing out, you know, the Jesus character and, and all that type of stuff. And I think that when you and I saw it, that was like, I want to say two months later. And I think that that was way more people were into it. Way more people were dancing to it. Like it was way more packed. And I think that the tour, you know, seeing pictures of the tour, hearing people talk about the tour, I think it made people appreciate the album more. And I think that, you know, I, I remember, you know, when we started this episode, I was saying that this is Kanye at the peak of his powers, but I think Yeezus, you could say that Yeezus was him, his whole crew at the peak of their powers. Like you're getting 2013 Virgil Abloh, you're getting 2013, you know, Joe Perez, you're getting Kanye coming up with like a real tour experience, something that he hadn't done uh, since the Glow in the Dark tour, which, you know, wasn't on the same level as the Yeezus tour. So you're getting the peak of their powers of everyone that's working on this, like incredible merch design, incredible logo design, incredible art direction. Everything was just like peak of everything. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, I think, and you know, I think that he still has that in him, but I definitely think that that was like when he was, he was on another level. Like he saw things that were totally different from everyone else at that time. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. So on the flip side, what do you think has aged the worst? Nothing. Um, I think, I think this is, this is, this is just, I can't believe this was released eight years, right? Eight years ago, five, five years ago, five years ago, 2013. Okay. So, so this is just, I think just overall, it's, it's just such a great, um, such a great project for him. Um, like you said, it's him at his peak. He's, he's, you know, he's performing at sort of like his, the highest capabilities, um, there's really nothing about it that I think that comes to mind at least, um, other than, you know, send it up, but like, you know, who knows, you know, that might, I might feel differently about it another five years as I always do with everything on his albums. Um, I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind. You might have something that I might not be thinking of. Um, you know, honestly, no, I, I, it was really hard for me to think of something. I think that, you know, maybe you could argue that, just overall the fact that there's not really a lot of like visual stuff from this album that came out of it, you know, but again, that's like, you're, you're kind of, you're stretching when you say something like that. Cause you know, yeah, you could maybe make the case, but like overall it's, it's a perfect album. I think, I think the whole thing that it was done perfectly, but you know, yeah, there's not really like a lot of music videos for a lot of the songs. Like it, it didn't really perform well on radio you know, maybe you can make the case that that didn't age well, but you know, that's like nitpicking. Yeah. I mean, I like that about the album too. You know, I like that there's, you know, like what's the, what's the one song from here that got most radio play, like new slaves, black skinhead, like look at the names of those albums, those songs, blood on the leaves, blood on the leaves. Yeah. And like, look at the, what those songs are really about. So I, I love that like new slaves is like the single off the album, you know, like if you look back, like, 
Gold Digger, right? Like, and, yeah. and some of those songs. I love that he went so completely dark with this one. So I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, um, but I also, you know, like with everything else, kind of flip it and say that's also what's so great about it. I think also if you had to like, if you had to like really nitpick, I think that just the the fact of like the average person, right? The average person that has no clue about what Kanye's career has been like. I think that they would automatically, when you hear about Yeezus, they're just like, oh, yeah, that was a weird album. Like, without even probably listening to the, to the album, it's like that connotation of like, oh, yeah, that's when he was like really going crazy or something. I think that that's just unfortunate that like the outside stuff has probably tarnished the album a little bit where it doesn't have the same level of like uh, respect that maybe the other albums have. That's true. He also uh, he also really probably lost people with this one, right? Like this is yeah. when people started, you know, saying, you know, I mean, look at look at where he is now. But you, you can say this is like the start of like this new Kanye, where he's angry and lashing out and just kind of like speaking his mind. And you know, th- you're right. There isn't anything here that's like friendly to to like listeners. Um, and it really like kickstarted everything that, you know, he's become known for today, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So final question. So overrated, underrated or properly rated? Underrated. Yeah, I agree. Underrated. I think that, you know, the fact that it's 2018 and you could drop this album today and I think people would still appreciate it. Like it hasn't aged badly at all so and i think five years from now you know i think people will still say the same thing the fact that it's it's like a timeless album so i definitely think it's underrated yeah for sure yeah all right so that concludes this second episode uh where we talked about 808s and heartbreak my beautiful dark chest of fantasy and yeezus so Armin, I will catch you on the third podcast, and uh, thank you for joining me. Any last words? No, I think this is, you know, these three albums, this is like Kanye at his best. These are the ones that um, I think, you know, most people have at the top of their list. I think uh, if you made, you know, if you made people rank their albums, definitely one of these is in their top, you know, three. And it's it, it's it's exciting because they're all so different from one another, and um, I think it's just like the most interesting work that he's made. So this, these are definitely like my favorite, my favorite ones from him. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, all right. So I will see you on the next episode then. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. All right. I'd like to thank Armin Kara Oglanian for being on the podcast. There's still one more episode for this three-part series. So if you like what you heard, check out the next episode and subscribe to the podcast. You can also contact me at majorlyminorpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you so much. Bye.